Oh, dear ESPN. We're going to ruffle some feathers. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. Of course, you know we're available on every single podcasting platform out there, as well as visually on YouTube. You can find me personally at State on Twitter, and I do uh, obviously implore you to do so. Like it, share it, comment, subscribe. Let us know down in the comment section where we're crazy and where we're not. When I say us, I'm not talking about the mouse in the pocket, all right? It's Monday, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm not on vacay. So let's welcome back Mr. Nathan Bomber-Brown, Big 12 Mafia Mondays. How are we doing, brother man? I'm doing great, Cody. How are you? I'm doing very, very, very well, man. I'm doing very Good. well. Um, you know, so my son pitched a no-hitter for Father's Day. That was fun. My yeah, I saw just, that. My daughter just got done with baseball camp, and boy, I tell you, she's bound and determined to play baseball in high school. Sign me up, man. I love it. Wow. I absolutely love it. So, um, yeah, what we're going to do today is uh, obviously highlight uh, the fact that we're, we're sponsored by FanDuel on this one. So if you haven't gone and hammered the over in Oklahoma State or BYU, you are missing out. It's 100% legitimate there. Let's talk a little bit about the ESPN projections of the Big 12 Conference. Right. Welcome to the Big 12, sir, where every year <laughs> since the beginning of mankind, Texas has been overrated. Yeah, it right, happens every right. year. They're back, they're back, they're back, they're back, they're back. Now, as much shade as I would love to throw down in Austin's way, I will, for the first time in a decade, say that they actually might be pretty good. They actually might be in the running to win the Big 12 title. But... They've found a way to trip over their own face year after year after year. I don't know. I don't see that changing. I think Texas wins 10 games and still does not end up in the big 12 title game. Okay. Like I, I think they're going to find a way to screw it up, but I think the main point for me here is, so you got Texas at 54% odds of winning the conference. <laughs> you got OU at 25% odds of winning the conference. And then you have literally everybody else. I think they give us like, Oh, state gets a, two percent chance i think byu's got a less than two percent chance it is absolutely preposterous you're gonna tell me that the two teams that played in the big 12 title game last year tcu and k-state are both gonna just be so devoid of talent all of a sudden that they're irrelevant that is absolutely asinine and yeah for local state fans we had a horrendous season probably our worst season since 2005 everybody thinks that we're not gonna rebound like it's just preposterous and the thing that bothers me nathan is it has nothing to do with legitimacy. In my opinion, this is strictly nothing more than ESPN promoting their agenda, which is right. what they've done forever in a day. It's not about talent. It's not about accolades. It's about them propping up some horse piss because they're about to join the SEC, and they need all the piss in the bucket they can get to prop them up. Tell me I'm uh, wrong. 
Well, no, I think you're exactly right. And and I think the four schools that are coming in, probably uh, at least three of those schools, maybe not Houston, have a, just as much of a chance to go nine and five uh, or nine and what would it be nine and four with a bowl yeah. game versus four and nine. Um, I agree with uh, I think it was Joe Lenardi said it was could be a lot of these games were a pick them. So, yeah. I mean, it, you know, the, for instance, the Oklahoma State BYU game, it, it really depends what happens in the Oklahoma game, the, the game before for BYU. Uh, but that, I, that game, I, I would absolutely say is a pick em. Uh yeah. And that's one example. So, um, do I think BYU is going to win 10 games? Probably not. But I think it's really ridiculous to count them at five and a half, or in some cases, four or three, which is absolutely ludicrous. Do you do you recall what the over under for UCF was? I I, I honestly uh, wasn't it like seven it was and a half. Enough. Their, their so schedule it? their schedule is is easier. They have a much easier schedule, and so uh, and they're a good team, you know. But I, I think it was seven or seven and a half. Okay. Um, but we'll have to see. I mean, it, 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 they don't generally travel well when they go west, so we'll have to see. If that carries through, or maybe, you know, they'll be able to uh, be something better. You know, yeah, UCF fans may not travel real good, but I have recently discovered what they are good at. They're good at typing, and they're they're good at looking yes. like a bunch of classless asshats. And, you know, that's something for me. I don't typically uh, go down that road, but it's so it's so preposterous, in my opinion. Right. UCF fans are acting at the moment. But we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Uh, we'll move on from that, and then we'll slide into some of the – Pac-12 conversation. First of all, let's talk about San Diego State, right? We could talk all day ad nauseum about how they probably played their hand a little bit the wrong way, right? They yeah. took some leverage out of their own capabilities. But first of all, do you like the move for San Diego State to the Pac-12? We'll start there. Uh, sure. I mean, I think that outside of the three or four if you count Oregon state, maybe five top teams in the PAC 12, it's a pretty soft conference. So I could see San Diego state coming in when they, if they were to join next year and they, they could be easily be a seven win team. If that team, if that conference stays constituted minus USC and UCLA, um, it's even easier for them to be successful there. And we know how good they were at basketball. So from them, I think it's fine. The problem is, is the way their athletic director and their president of their schools handled this realignment stuff has been absolutely horrid. Um, I don't think it's, I know, uh, Wild you, we talked about it on Saturday. He, he thinks they had brass balls to throw their name in the hopper and basically say, even though we don't have a landing spot at the Pac-12, we're good. We'll, we're yeah, we're going to yeah. end up where we need to. I think that's insane. You can't. This isn't a game, right? We're not we're talking about people's lives, their their educational uh, stature and everything else. They, that should not be just played with, in my opinion. Well, let me ask you, I think potentially a better question. Now that San Diego State has kind of put themselves in the position that they're in, where they're basically waiting on the invite. We know they deserve it, right? That's fair. Right. But. I think I think it is beyond reasonable to at least ask the question, why would Brett Yormark not go after them? Because you're going to be able to get them on the cheap. Let's, let's just say so would Pac-12 at the moment. Um, 
I, I think they still are probably a five or ten percent opportunity to go to the Big Twelve. It all depends what happens with the four corner schools. If Colorado and Arizona come, I don't think any. I don't think any G5s will come. If Colorado comes by themselves, I could see UConn or San Diego State, you know, fit in that bill. Uh, but it, I think it just depends what happens with the four corners. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, you know, you know that I I typically agree with that type of um, idea, right? right? But real quick, I I, I gotta let the uh, let the fine people out here know today. As I said, we're brought to you by FanDuel. Is America's number one sportsbook betting partner for a reason. And if you haven't got yourself hooked up with FanDuel yet, you are missing out. We are right in the perfect spot for the baseball season. The beauty of baseball is there's so many games. There's so many different things that you can bet on. So go ahead right now. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to get yourself hooked up on our no sweat first bet up to $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. So regardless of what your favorite team is, regardless of what you're trying to get accomplished throughout the course of the season, help yourself put some money in your pocket because we need it nowadays. Gas is more expensive. Everything's more expensive. So why not put yourself in a position to possibly bank more money? Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now to get your hands on the no sweat first bet, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So now we get to slide over towards more of the Pac-12 department. Okay. What are you? Wh- where where are you at on this at the moment? Right, because the numbers have been all over the place. I right. did tell Wild Ute, and I'll stay by it. I'll say it today. I told Wild Ute if they got over eighteen million per school, I would personally drive my happy Wazoo all the way to Utah and deliver him a steak in person. Wow! I, and I, know I will do that. Because I don't see it. I do not more see than eighteen million. That's a pretty low bar, dude. I'm, you know okay. what? We'll, we'll, we shall see. I know you we're, we're hearing some rumors of twenty-two million, but then right. um, I, I caught a little bit this morning that although that might be the case, the twenty-two point five million would likely be designated to Oregon and Washington. It would put everybody else around that sixteen million range. I think that is not only reasonable. I think that's right in the realm of what I assumed was going to happen. And if right. that happens, if you've got a majority of your of your conference at 16, let's even say 18 mil, does it make sense to stay in that conference? Well, I think you and I and any anybody who has a, a decent head on their shoulders would say no. I mean, the better opportunity is with the Big 12. Um, but they are so entrenched into their – their ego, their pride, uh, the the derogatory way that they've talked about the conference, that yep. uh, I, I think if they'd lose a lot of face if all of a sudden they'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, we'll come to the Big 12. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, can, I, I predicted two weeks ago this it was going to be one of a few things. Either San Diego State and SMU were brought in like they've always talked about. They stripped down their portions to feed – the other guys, and I'm thinking mm-hmm. that probably is, is Oregon and Washington, maybe Utah, and Arizona State now with the AAU thing. I think those four schools want more money, and they basically are willing to say, we'll sell everybody else down the river 
And if that's the case, then why wouldn't Colorado and Arizona move, right? So that's the first thing that they pick up SMU in San Diego State. The second thing is they don't bring anybody in. They keep whatever the highest number is for all 10 schools the same, whether that's 18 or if it's 25, doesn't really matter. It's not about the money. It's the exposure at this point. And um, I really believe that they're willing to uh, walk away from that uh, exposure just so that they can stay together. And then the third thing is San Diego State just by themselves, and they have 11 teams, and they run that for a while, uh, hoping that Oregon and Washington don't leave in three or four years. So, you know, if they did stay together, then probably the Pac-12 will survive. It won't blow up because even if Oregon and Washington leave to the big, then you're going to have – ability to backfill with G5s and they'll just sort of backfill with the teams that are also being talked about Colorado State, Tulane, maybe Boise or Fresno. Um, you know, there's lots of G5s that, that want the call up. Um, but then if you're Utah, do you stay in a conference that's got those teams? I just don't get it. Well, in your opinion, brother, what is the number that it would take for everybody in the Big 12 or Pac-12 to say, you know what? We can breathe a sigh of relief. This is good. We're good. We don't have to move. Right. We don't have to change. We don't have to adjust anything. What do you think that number is individually? I, I think it's $25 million. If they can get $25 million, and even if they're not 50-50 with, with exposure, maybe it's 70-30 with online being the yeah. more more uh, you know direct being the more uh, portion of that, then uh, I think they do. I think they're they're willing to cut off the nodes despite their face just so they can stay together and really you know put their nose up in the air against joining the Big 12. I think they want to do that. Well, talk about cut off your nose to spite yourself. It, it is crazy to me, you know, that, that ESPN is having all of this stuff kind of being pumped out. And to me, it just shows the illegitimacy in some of the ESPN, right? There, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to come up with enough information to dictate, right, the, the proper odds of the Big, Big 12. Right. You got some doofus buffoon that's sitting at a desk that's like, ah, I'm going to put Texas in here. I think if people are going to have conversations about why Apple is involved with potentially buying out uh, ESPN, here's your sign. This is right. it. Right. The ESPN's credibility when it comes to rankings or, or adding viability to teams in analysis, it's become ridiculous, man. Uh, it's become absolutely ridiculous. Not as ridiculous as the idea, in my opinion, that the Pac-12 is, is going to survive, even if it is that $22.5 million. And you know right. what? I might disagree here. If it's $22.5 apiece, I don't see why they would leave the Pac-12. Okay. I know you're talking 10, 11, 15 you know, million per school behind, but right. you're still within striking distance. That's still enough money to not only stay relevant but keep everybody pretty happy. It's basically what they're making now. And I think that's, that should be sufficient for them. But uh, it, Yeah, I don't know. But it's not going to be, right? There's no way that anybody can look at any of these prognostications numerically and right. say, you know what? This is a great idea. We're going to survive for another decade and make twice as much. It just, it, I, I don't see it. I don't no. get it. There's no money. Look, there's no money out there. The money 
train, the gravy train, that, that big contract is probably going to be the best contract ever offered for quite a while. Uh, to do over a billion dollars a year is insane money, right? Uh, and that might money might not be coming back for quite a while. So at this point now, what we're trying to do is backfill somewhere in the middle. And, and I really, you know, down the road, I think we're going to be in three conferences and you might have two leftover conferences, but it's going to be three and everybody else. And that third conference is going to be a best of the rest. There are a lot of good schools out there that are not going to make it into the big in the ACC yep. and or SEC, and they're not going to be disenfranchised. It, it simply will not happen. If you have 50 schools that are cut out of the big money, yeah. Uh, how many lawsuits do you think that's going to generate? How, how quickly does uh, half of those schools, not half of them, all of those schools are in states that have public people that are in Congress and in the Senate. And that there's just no way that there's not a third league. Now, is it going to be the same money? It won't. But that doesn't matter because we're just talking about competitive ba balance here. You know what, man? I, I I certainly don't disagree with you whatsoever in any capacity. Uh, so now let's get a, a bit down to. Uh, I'm curious if you were to pick right now, who would you put in the Big Twelve title game? Right, gun to your head type of thing. I Kansas State. How are they not being picked? Yep. You know, I, I'd I have mean, they played well last year, and so if you're talking about two teams. Um, and because we know Texas is so schizophrenic, they have the best recruits and then, and then they can't play. I don't know. They have difficulties too, but if I had to put money on it today, I would put, uh, Kansas state and Texas in a championship game. I don't, I don't disagree. That's honestly, I, it hurts my heart to give Texas that much credit. <laughs> it does, right, but right. they do look good, but they are not 54% better than everybody yeah, no. else in the conference could. No. No, but how much of that is pandering? They want to build 100%. them up so that when they go into the SEC next yep. year, they're up here, not down here. Whether they win eight or nine or ten games, it doesn't matter. If if they keep their messaging all the same, Texas is all that in a bag of chips, they want them to be propped up when they go into the SEC. 100%. That's all it is. Yeah. And, and, and that's precisely what, what I wanted to – Make sure that we highlight it on this because, I mean, you're seeing right. some of this stuff come out, but it, nobody is really calling out the issue. And the issue is ESPN is hemorrhaging, not hemorrhaging money, but they're not doing very hot. Obviously, that's right. why they're having conversations. And this is a direct indication to me as to why they're in trouble. They do not offer the same qualities as a company that they used to offer. They are the yeah. premier linear TV market. I get that. But some of the analysis and some of the guys that they pay money to to decide this information is exactly why they're in the problems that they are right now espn used to be a go-to for every sport and right. now you look at it and you know it's slanted you know it's completely ridiculously put together i i can't stand it man i can't stand the fact that espn is what they are and they're in the position that they're in and they still control most of college football. Well, all the college football playoff, right? Now now that we found out Scott, Fox is going to have part of that, which right. is great, you know, to have that shared out, but yeah, their their um control is is absolute. And I would like to see Fox 
I, I actually like the Fox broadcast much better than the ESPN broadcast Me too. the Me last too. several years. The quality's, I think, better. And, um, you know, I would love to see the uh, either Amazon or uh, Apple involved in the Big 12 contract. I would love to see the, us to start using those third-party uh, delivery methods so that when we have to do this again in six years, we have some data to fall back on. How good was it? How bad was it? Where, where does it need to improve? And if they just sell one or two games a week, uh, and they and they do pick up two to four more schools. Um, there's enough bandwidth there that if you pick up, say, and this is the, in my opinion, the best advantage would be San Diego State and UConn come in, and we get uh, Colorado and, and Arizona, or we get ASU and Utah. Um, I, I think that would be a fantastic conference. I agree. I'm actually looking up to see if uh, Gus Johnson, is he still calling for Fox? I think, uh, well, I, he was last year. Do you I'm like saying, him? Man. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like Gus as well. Yeah. Yeah, I can listen yeah. to Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt all that going day. Right. Heck, I'm a cowboy. Right. You know, I can even listen to people like Dusty Dvorak all that going day, too. <laughs> well, that's fair. I get that. Well, yeah, anyways, I, I can't I was, wait. I was at a, a, the baseball tournament the other day, right, when my son threw his no-no. I, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know, I got set up early, I guess, and I had no idea. I was, like, smack dab right in the middle of the other team's uh, oh, nice. <laughs> fan okay. section. Yeah. Um, and it was just, uh, I don't know, it, it's a different experience hearing stuff from different sides, which is exactly why I, I greatly right. appreciate you coming on the show because you have a little bit of a different take than I do. You have a, a little bit more of, of a Pac-12 kind of tie, but you study, you do the t- you you put in the work, you know what you're talking about, and yeah, it's, it's a breath of fresh air. So, with that, let me kind of uh, let me throw in here: who right now at BYU is the biggest surprise to Cougar Nation going through spring and getting into fall camp and everything? Oh boy, the position groups have been getting a lot of love. Um, but I asked a, a Cougar player um, you know, on an NIL chat board. I asked him who he feels has done the, the the biggest advantage and who's come through. He said the defensive line. Uh, he's a defensive player. He plays and has been his entire life, so he knows all that all right. that group. And he says the D line is the one that he thought had come the farthest, which is interesting because we actually lost some D line guys in, in the in transfer portal this last winter. And uh, to have that be a place where we're getting stronger between that and the defensive backs, Utah or BYU is going to be a top 20 offense again. I have no reservations about saying that. And it just comes to be how how well does the defense play if the defense plays 80 or 90 percent of what any other school's defense will play BYU can win eight nine games and really be a a pleasant surprise but if that defensive line does not hold up you know the depth isn't there or the defensive backs can't tackle um it's gonna be it's gonna be a long season so We'll find out. That Cincinnati game at the beginning of the season in that, that first four games is going to be a big indicator 
uh, if they dominate a Cincinnati coming in uh, where people are looking at them as basically peers and BYU beats them by two or three touchdowns, that's going to, you're going to start seeing some top 25 votes and, and some other things. So um, that's what I'm most excited to see is the defense. All right. And who on the defense is the main guy for you guys? Um, it's going to so be I can tell you for those. O State, O State, you'd need to keep an eye on uh, our D, D tackle, nose tackle, Justin Kirkland. And uh, we got a safety named Kendall Daniels. I think both of those guys are highlights. I think is, I want to make sure I get his name right. I think it's Max Tooley. Has he's a returning? Uh, he might be a you know, a senior this year. Let me look him up. Make sure I get his name right. Yeah, Max Tooley. He's the guy that I would absolutely look forward to uh, having a breakout, and he could get drafted. I love he's it. He's a senior this year. I just looked up his stats. Um, he's a homegrown uh, BYU guy, and he. I remember watching him as a freshman. And he struggled in coverage and, and things. But this last year, he was fantastic. Returned two two uh, interceptions back for touchdowns. Not everybody oh. can do that. So right, that's who, that, that's one guy that I would keep an eye on. Before I let you skedaddle on out of here, um, sure. did you have a chance to catch my show the other day on ranking the Big 12 stadiums? Uh, no, I didn't see your show. No. All right, I so didn't. check this out. I did two different classifications. Because I think most hostile and toughest are two completely different categories, in my opinion, right? Okay. How so do you define the two? Uh, well, if you're talking about most hostile, I think right. of places like Texas Tech where they throw batteries and tortillas at your head. Oh, okay. okay. Pretty hostile. Okay. Um, and when I, but when I think of toughest places to play, like, for example, I put most hostile places, I put BYU in, like, 10th place. Y'all are just too nice, right? Yeah, right, right. Y'all are just too nice. You're too accommodating. You're too welcoming. Um, okay. But when I put toughest places to play, I put BYU right. at number two. Yes, I would agree with that. I think the, the, the mountains, as glorious and majestic as the scenery is, yeah. I do think that that same surrounding, that same scenery can also go super negative really quick, and it feels like it's something that's closing in on top of you with the fan base. Yeah, this they need to add a decibel meter into the stadium okay, because yeah, yeah. Um, there's been several games. The Baylor game uh, last year, uh, the Arizona State, all Utah games, the loud, it, it's got to be in the 120 to 130 range, which is more than a jet engine. And I mean, it is extremely loud. And the mountains being where they are, it reflects the noise back too. So, yep. um, and the elevation. Yeah, that can never be looked past. The elevation is at 4,800 feet, I think, and uh, you're sucking wind. So people like Oklahoma State, you know, going to come in um, when they do, and yeah. you're going to find that uh, your guys got hands on hips, uh, and that's no way to be playing a fired up. Uh, I just watched the highlights again of the uh, Baylor game, and at yeah. the end of the game, if you watch that, it went into double overtime. And in the last drive that Baylor had a chance to go down and tie uh, to go to a third overtime, there was three false starts in a row. They went from the five-yard line to the 20-yard mm. line in three plays and then threw the ball out of bounds at the, at the end of the game. So that, that advantage cannot be overstated. 
I love it, man. I absolutely love it. Well, one more. Okay. How well does BYU fans travel on a scale oh, of I, one to ten? It's going to be the best in the conference. All right. They're top five in. They're top five in the country. I like that. So yeah. there's going to be a large contingent of uh, blue, blue and white at. If you guys uh, don't, if you guys don't sell your stadium, you will see massive amounts of blue and white in your crowd. Well, you know it's funny you said that. Um, most of my life, we did not sell out the stadium. Okay. But the last couple of years, we've been selling out before fall even started, which is good. I mean, that's that is good. Phenomenal sign. But yeah, yeah, dude, I remember. I don't know, six, seven years ago. We OSU on the okstate.com had a ticker, like trying to get people to, to sell out the stadium. Yeah. And now, like last year, we, we were sold out for Appalachian, not Appalachian State, whoever. It doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, it was, oh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. That's what it was. Okay. When I saw there were 65,000 people at Arkansas Pine Bluff in Stillwater, yeah. I was like, okay, hats off, Gundy. Hats off, buddy. Well, I, it makes a huge difference if your fans come and show out they, and they are smart. They know when to be loud and when not to be loud. That's also mm -hmm. part of it. Um, mm -hmm. Then, yeah, I think that's a that's the 12th man advantage. Right. Uh, and, and I personally believe that's a big deal. Don't don't sell tickets to visitors like TCU. Did you hear about that rule where TCU said they were not going to sell tickets just ad hoc if you weren't a season ticket holder you are not going to get tickets and and they called that the byu rule because the population at tcu it's a small school yeah and and byu could easily fill half that stadium if not more <laughs> and will because people have been waiting so long to play big boy football yeah, in yeah. name and i you're gonna be buried you'll have missionaries and i'm it's it's gonna be insane how loud uh your own your own guys will be like are we playing at home right now it'll be crazy <laughs> are you nathan brommer brown coming to stillwater i would love to it always with me comes down to resources so okay. I, uh, I it's it's me getting a ticket being able to afford a ticket and then doing the travel what i love to absolutely um but I, I i don't have so much expendable income now if my big 12 mafia and holy rival show takes off and i start getting some money from people watching that then absolutely i'll i'll use that as the travel fund and i'd love to love to come well, you should make it, so everybody out there in Cowboy Nation that's listening to this one, let's make sure that we get Nathan to, to have the experience of the paddle people. And when, when, you, when you say right on top of you, right. we're like literally three feet from the bench. We can oh, I love it. touch everybody. So we hear I all the that. conversations that the coaches have, all the frustrations, right. play calls. It's, it's, it's fun, man. You know, Stillwater's, it's a different different style of place. But I do think that BYU fans will have a phenomenal time and everything will kind of be copacetic just because of the type of people we are, man. I've always liked Oklahoma State. Uh, to me, they're, I've always liked the colors. I've always liked the um, logos that you guys have used. Um, and you've had some players that – uh, have just been incredible to watch there. And so I, it, as far as I'm concerned, I, I would love 
to count Oklahoma State as one of those places that if if we're not playing yet, I'm cheering for you, right? I love it. Uh, that's that's what I that's what I'm going to try to do for most of the Big Twelve. UCF might make that difficult for them, but in general, I think as long as we're not playing each other, uh, but we're playing other schools, you want those to be up so that mm-hmm. when you play, that game's worth more. Well, as long as as you are also aware that OU and Texas suck, then that's fine. <laughs> Well, we get them this year. We're the only expansion school that is getting both both of those teams. So having Oklahoma at home in November, I guarantee you that is going to be a fantastic game. Well, you can write it down, take to the bank, pull receipts, and holler at me later, but uh, I'm a betting man, and I will bet that y'all win one of those two for sure. I think so. I do. Now, now playing in Austin is tough, but we've won there too. So we, we're four and one against Texas. Playing in Austin is easy peasy, buddy. Easy peasy. Right, right. Well, there's a lot of, lot of orange. That's right. <laughs> a lot of orange. <laughs> well, anyway. if you notice, theirs is burnt orange because uh, for all the academia they like to present, somehow they messed up a color wheel and didn't know how to get to actual orange. It is what nice. it is. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I've never heard it called burnt orange just because I, I'm just new to the game here. So I appreciate you informing me on that. It's it, it, it is. It's burnt and it, it's ugly. And Texas typically gets burnt every year in football. So, I mean, I guess it fits. If the okay. shoe fits, wear a Texas size shoe, I guess. All right, buddy. All right. I know that you got stuff to get squared away and uh, I'm going to get off here and at I least do. pretend to be productive. Okay, buddy. Well, I appreciate you. Follow you. Sorry. Let everybody know about the new show, bud. Yeah. So my two shows are at uh, Big 12 Mafia uh, show on YouTube and then the Holy Rivals show on YouTube. Um, And uh, you go to the same same site to watch both shows. We have a show tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern where we're going to be talking San Diego State and and pack. Pac-12 stuff, you know, Utah is the other school that we're doing that show with. So, um, but I'm trying to bring in as many people from the outside as possible because one, the Holy War, the rivalry is top five. And um, if we're all lucky, we'll get Utah in the league and that rivalry will be fire um, once it's a a general game rather than being out of conference. Well, and and for those who don't know, uh, Wild Ute, Right, he's worth a follow. Make sure you give him a hard time. I call him the Clark Kent <laughs> of Pac-12 media. All right, that was a great description when you said that. It's like that's your new nickname. I love that. <laughs> and you know, I like to give him a lot of grief, but uh, he's a good dude. He knows his stuff. Yes. So make sure y'all give him a follow. Go check out what they have rocking and rolling. And uh, I do believe that's all we're gonna have for this one, buddy. You can go take care of your business. I know you're a busy man. Appreciate your time. Thank you, buddy. All righty, y'all. Well, that's all we're going to have for this one, but don't stress. I've got a video coming on some of the big news we've had over the weekend. Trey Griffiths, obviously, commit. That was huge. I did not see that coming. I knew we were top three. I knew we had a legit shot, but I didn't know we were going to land him. I did not know he was going to end up in Stillwater, Oklahoma. So congrats, Casey Dunn, on pulling that rabbit out of the hat because he's going to be a good one. Wide receiver you might have a ring to it yet again for the 2023 season. All right, y'all. As always, I love you. God bless.
Go Pokes. And I'll catch you on the next one. Later.